everyone, and welcome to Oscar Wild, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Sophia Simonello. And I'm Nick Rurkraut. And on today's episode, we have another installment in our They Won for That series. This time, we'll be talking about Kate Winslet and her win for The Reader. She is such a fascinating actress to talk about, I think, because of her career in Hollywood, but also because of what happened with her campaigning and everything that went down this year because she had two films eligible that year, The Reader and Revolutionary Mm -hmm. Road, which were both in the awards conversation. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Kate. This is our second episode in that series. We talked about Al Pacino a few weeks ago. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. How this will work, we'll talk about Kate's career, her nominated roles, also non-nominated roles. I think there are some really great TV roles as well. So we can kind of dive into those. And then from there, we'll talk about her win for the reader, all about that performance, what we think about it, the movie. And then from there, we'll each give our own picks for what we think she should have won for either instead or in addition to her win for the reader. Yeah. And I think like that's an important clarifying point because people tend to get a little upset when we will post these things on Twitter, like that we're doing this series. They'll be like, what are you talking about? She's great in the reader or... (laughs) Al Pacino, he's great in Scent of a Woman. And we're not necessarily saying that they're bad. We will get there. But these performances, I think Kate's performance in The Reader and The Win, and I think it's one of those things where you have to wonder, like, is it the role? Is it the movie? Is it that you think the actor can do better work in other films? And, you know, just interrogating, why did the Academy decide to reward them for that? instead Mm -hmm. of the other movies that are there. So, yeah, I'm excited to dig into all of that. It's a very thorny movie (laughs) and role, I will say. (laughs) As many of her roles and movies are. Mm -hmm. Going back, doing research for this, I was like, ooh, she's definitely one of the biggest A-listers, names of Mm -hmm. Hollywood. But some of these movies were choices. Looking back is an interesting concept. At her win, at some of these nominations... So it was a little cringe, but there were also some really good moments as well. I think one of the reasons why I really like Kate Winslet, and I always have, is because she is a very fearless actress. She really goes for it in every single movie that she's in. And I think she also thrives in domestic dramas, which, as you know, I really love. Mm -hmm. She's also great in period films. She actually has a face that works shockingly well in any century. Like, she believably looks like she could live in the future and in the past, (laughs) which I feel like a lot of actors or actresses, like Keira Knightley, she firmly belongs in the 1800s for me. (laughs) Like, when I see her in a modern film, I'm just like, this this doesn't work. Like, you have never used a cell phone. (laughs) And, you know, like, people like Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, like, they belong in the present. Mm -hmm. But Kate Winslet, she can be anywhere and I love that about her she's a very versatile actress and she is incredibly unafraid of playing women who are very complicated who would often be considered unlikable like a lot of these characters that she plays make like you said choices (laughs) that viewers would question but when you hear the name Kate Winslet what do you think of I think movie-wise, Titanic immediately comes to mind. Mm -hmm. In terms of performances, there's depth, 
a lot of these, like you said, they're layered performances and they're very complex. She gives a lot of range in all of these movies from her first movie, Heavenly Creatures, to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind when she's against type or Sense and Sensibility when she's playing Emma Thompson's sister. I think also when I hear her name is her accent work. Mm -hmm. It is the most vast and maybe one of the most believable in Hollywood, apart from Toni Collette, who is just incredible. I'm watching The Staircase and I just like cannot believe her work in that show. That poor woman just keeps falling down the stairs though. Like, oh my God, every episode, multiple times. But Kate, going from Contagion to Steve Jobs to Little Children to actually having a British accent in The Holiday, she's doing a lot, and I love to see her on screen. She's always captivating. To think that she went from Sense and Sensibility like right into Titanic two years later is just phenomenal, and that skyrocketed her to success very, very quickly. And again, whether the movies are good or not, I think she always gives a thoughtful performance and that's what's going to get me through movies like those that are really hard to watch (laughs) yeah i mean when i think of kate winslet i think of titanic as well i mean she when i was little and saw the movie i thought she was like legitimately a princess i thought she was just like the most perfect person i'd ever seen and thought she was just so wonderful in that movie and obviously i was obsessed with it like anyone Mm -hmm. else who grew up around that time And we will definitely talk about that later this year, like we teased at the end of the last episode. But I also am really interested in the fact that she hasn't done major franchises. She had this huge blockbuster, Titanic, so early in her career. But for the most part, she has stayed pretty true to herself and what she looks for. I would say the beginning of her career is much more interesting with the types of roles that she would take, like... You mentioned Heavenly Creatures or Jane Campion's Holy Smoke, Iris. She had a lot of really unique projects very early in her career. And I think once we get into the aughts, she is doing these types of dramas where Academy voters pay attention. So I think, unfortunately, she does get the reputation sometimes of being sort of an awards chaser or someone who wants awards. I personally don't have a problem with that because, I don't know, I sort of, I love how she was open about wanting her Oscar. Like, that's very normal. I Mm -hmm. don't believe a lot of people who say they don't want one if you're an actor who's been working for that long. But I think her roles did take that shift. And, you know, maybe it is because that's what happens to women like her, great actresses, when they get to a certain age. That's just the work that is available to them. And I admire her for not going down the IP big franchise path. She is going to be in Avatar The Way of Water, but I feel like that is more due to her relationship with James Cameron Mm -hmm. than it being this big movie with blockbuster potential. I mean, we are getting, what, six Avatars? So I wonder (laughs) what her character arc is going to be, if she's going to be in the others. But Yeah. yeah, I think of it differently than like the MCU where... All these things overlap and they end up all showing up at some point Mm -hmm. together in different forms. So, no, I do agree and like that about her, too. It's also worth noting while we're talking about awards that she does have an Oscar, two Emmys, and a Grammy, which means that she only needs a Tony to have an EGOT. I think this is very possible. Like, I can absolutely see her having a play on Broadway and winning a Tony for it. 
she absolutely could do Tennessee Williams, Eugene O'Neill. Her, like you mentioned, her accent work. I can see her taking on any of these big roles and winning a Tony. I'm surprised we haven't seen her on Broadway yet. That didn't even come to mind. Has she been in anything like on the West End? The only theater credit that she has is What the Butler Saw in 1994, Hmm. which is so crazy. Like she hasn't done any theater, but I'm like, I can so see her doing it. Definitely. I feel like she would be good. She's so committed to all of these roles. Like if you ever hear Hmm. her talking about any role that she does, the way that she talks about it is just this joy that she has in committing to it. It's not this thing that's like, oh, wow, it was so hard. I lost all of this weight or I had, you know, I broke a rib. It's not anything crazy like that. It's just like this was, she just talks in detail about Mm -hmm. how much she loves acting. So yeah, again, Kate Mm. Winslet, do a theater run somewhere. We're putting that in the ether, yes. Yes. It needs to happen. (laughs) So Kate Winslet, when we're thinking about her Oscar nominations, she has three supporting actress nominations for Sense and Sensibility, Iris, and Steve Jobs. That was her most recent nomination back in 2015. And then she has three Best Actress nominations. The first one was for Titanic. The next one was for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And then Little Children in 2006. And then she also won for The Reader in 2008, which is what we'll be talking about today. She also, like you mentioned at the beginning, has many non-nominated performances that we love Mm -hmm. and my most loved Kate Winslet performance honestly maybe out of all of these and I was very tempted to pick it for today was The Holiday I don't care that the movie is 30 minutes too long I don't care about the plot holes I don't care about any of that this movie is pure joy to me and I think Mm -hmm. that Kate Winslet is fabulous in it She was so scared to take this part on because it has like a screwball comedy element to it. And she, like we mentioned, she likes her dramas, but Nancy Myers wrote the role for her. So she took it and I think she is just perfect as Iris. I love that character. And I feel like Kate Winslet is just so strong in the part. She's so good at modulating her emotions But most importantly, I love her platonic relationship with Arthur Abbott, Mm -hmm. the elderly man. Oh, yeah. Just the best. That's why I love the movie so much and her in it. I feel like it's the most joyous, the most fun she's had in a movie just because it's so playful and it's not serious like all of her other movies. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that relationship and then towards the end when you see her in the theater with him on the stage is just like warms your heart so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was also tempted to pick that because I was at a loss for a moment trying to to pick a performance in a movie that I loved. And The Holiday is definitely one of those, one of my go-to Christmas movies every year. Another non-nominated performance I love is Contagion, mm-hmm. which wasn't nominated at all at the Oscars. And that was the year of The Artist. The fact that War Horse was nominated for Best Picture and Contagion wasn't, I mean... <laughs> something i forgot something that you don't like right. war horse i don't either i just it's just a funny detail i forgot until now and that was a year of nine best picture nominees like you're not gonna put contagion in there the problem with the acting performances like i get it there are so many stars and they all have pretty mm-hmm. small roles so like i wouldn't say kate winslet has the biggest or the best or the most like awardsy performance so i understand that she wasn't nominated. 
like Gwyneth Paltrow is so good also, but she's in it for like three minutes. But I love what she does, like seeing her arc and then towards the end, it just like breaks your heart. It's hard to watch. Yeah. I watched this March 2020. Like rewatched it then, <laughs> which is a choice. I know she was one of the standout people in the movie for me. I don't know. I think it was a combination both of her very realistic performance that she gives, but also of the power of that character and how Mm -hmm. tragic that character is in the story. And when that moment in the hotel room comes for her, it is just crushing. Mm -hmm. So, oof, yeah, it's a good one. I think she should have been nominated for it. Like supporting actress, give her another one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we can make room. And we have to talk about Mayor of Easttown because I was so happy when she won the Emmy for this. Very well deserved. I think that her accent work in Mayor of Easttown is incredible. Like you talked about her accent work earlier and it is a very like stripped down performance. Like it's one of those things where you have this very beautiful, glamorous woman playing a woman who is living in South Philly. She's not wearing makeup. One of those types of roles. And just the way that she would say words like hoagie and other like Philly staple words mm-hmm. were spot on. Like you would, if you would read interviews from like critics who are from that area or listen to her on interviews with people from that area, they were amazed at how great her accent was for that. And she could just slip in and out of it. So if you like Mayor of Easttown, I highly recommend listening to her episodes on The Watch, that podcast. She talks about her accent work and what her process was like. But yeah, highly recommend that show for her, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, she straight up eats Cheese Whiz, Mm -hmm. like straight into her mouth. It's a very gritty performance. I love that she kind of gets down and dirty. And seeing her as this detective is, again, a different type of role for her. And I really enjoyed watching that. I think of like the one award I would give her out of her whole filmography is probably for Mary Beastone. And I don't mean that to like belittle the Oscar, but it's just also we're getting eight plus hours of her. So it's fun to like stay with her and see her throughout the season. Right. I sort of agree. I feel like that's a great win for her in her career because you, the way that you see that character evolve over the course of the show is just, I think, more proof that she is one of our greatest living actresses that we have. Mm -hmm. Okay, time to talk about the reader. We can talk about, I think, first, so her competition that year at the Oscars. The other nominees were Anne Hathaway for Rachel Getting Married, Angelina Jolie for Changeling, Melissa Leo for Frozen River, and Meryl Streep for Doubt. So if you haven't seen the reader, here's a brief description. It takes place in post-World War II Germany, Nearly a decade after his affair with an older woman came to a mysterious end, law student Michael Berg re-encounters his former lover as she defends herself in a war crime trial. This movie was directed by Stephen Daldry and also stars Ray Fiennes and David Cross, both playing Michael, young Michael, and older Michael. This movie does have some time jumps in it from Mm -hmm. present day to the past as you're looking at this relationship. What did you think of the reader? Have you had you seen this before we decided to tackle it for this episode? I had seen it before and actually the memory I had was that I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I read the book before or after I saw the movie when it came out, but I was like very intrigued by this story and this time period and it kind of flopped when I watched it this time around. 
And I think that's because of the way the film was structured. It's kind of odd. The time jumps, they happen very frequently, and it's kind of off-putting. But also the relationship in the movie, and then the character's actions, like the way Michael sees her in the trial and goes to the prison to talk to her and then just backs out at the last minute and they have this like weird troubled relationship because of the trauma they went through it was just hard to believe and it's almost like trying too hard to be so dramatic that it's a little off-putting we can talk about Kate in a second but what do you think about the reader I have trouble with this movie and I'm gonna say first it's not because of the age gap Like, there's a significant age gap here. We have a sexual relationship between a 15-year-old and a 36-year-old. Like, that is there, but that's not why I have a problem with the movie. It's a movie. It's an adaptation. I understand. The problem that I have with the movie is actually that it tries to make a Nazi sympathetic. Like, it just... I haven't read the book, so I'm not sure if that's the tone of the book either, but the movie feels far more concerned with making Hannah sympathetic and making the audience feel badly for her because she can't read than it does about the Michael character. I think that where the movie had potential to be stronger actually is in building out the Michael character in investigating and, you know, thinking about why this character feels the way that he does and how does he feel in the aftermath of that relationship it isn't just a simple good versus evil story here dive into how this character feels about this woman being a war criminal why not go into how that character what that did to that character instead you're trying to equate being illiterate with the suffering that took place in the holocaust i find that very troubling Um, And I feel like Stephen Daldry sort of backed himself into a corner by trying to showcase Kate Winslet. Like, I feel like because she is the standout performer, the, like, face of the movie, they tried to make her into this very sympathetic character instead of really getting into what could have made this movie really complicated and maybe a bit more interesting because we don't have a lot of stories like this. It could have been much more original, I think, than what we got, which felt incredibly reductive to me and very specifically like it was engineered to be one of those aughts Weinstein Oscar bait movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they talk about the absolution of it in the movie a little bit and they try to end Michael's story by doing that with his daughter, by making things right. And again, it just doesn't feel believable. Like it's too little, too late. For having seen this whole trial and his inability to confront Hannah herself. And when he does see her in prison, apart from, yeah, the Nazi sympathizing, he can't do it to her face. And they don't explain it. Like you said, he has very little backstory. So it's hard to see everything and understand why. But definitely the Weinstein of it for her here. If I had to choose, like maybe I would give it to Meryl Streep for Doubt because I love that movie. But I understand also that she's giving us like a 20 plus year performance in the movie. I think there's definitely prosthetic work, makeup, and those are very Oscar Beatty. We talk about those all the time and I understand it. And that German accent, we're going to talk about accent work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, this is hard because I think this year, like if I'm just looking at the nominees for Best Actress, 
I would either give it, I think, to Anne Hathaway for Rachel getting married or to Kate Winslet. Like, this this isn't that strong of a Best Actress year for me. And I do think she's good in this movie, even though the Mm -hmm. movie is bad. So I'm not angry necessarily. Like, I'm not mad that she won for this. It's just when you look at her career, it's just like, oh, of course she won for the reader. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it feels like that type of movie that gives you your Oscar when in reality, I would have given her multiple Oscars actually for different movies. Why do you think people dislike this win? I mean, for me, it's winning for not her best movie. Maybe part of it is because she was nominated for this over Revolutionary Road, which came out the same year. We can talk about that too. Why do you think people don't like this win? I think it's the the first thing that you said, just she has better movies and people don't like when you win for a movie that isn't your best, which happens a lot. It's not a rare thing in Oscar history. It happens all the time. But two, I think as you get away from this win, this movie ages very poorly. I think today's audiences don't like the movie and the Academy really embrace this movie. So I think it's just, there's a greater disconnect if you're looking back on these Oscars, people who watch this movie today will think, how did this get any nominations, let alone huge nominations? Like, how did that happen? So I think it's hard not to look at that movie very cynically and not just say the only reason this movie was nominated was because of Harvey Weinstein. And the thing with Revolutionary Road as well, we have to get into this because this is so interesting to me because it is one of my greatest burning unanswerable questions of all time at the Oscars. So before that though, a little background, Kate Winslet, this entire season was run in supporting actress for the reader. She had won a golden globe for the reader. So this season really, I mean, Kate Winslet was sort of dominating supporting actress and lead actress in a way throughout the year because she had the reader where she was run and supporting all year and then she had revolutionary road where she was run and lead revolutionary road was also a passion project for her her husband at the time sam mendes was directing it she was reunited again with leo after titanic it was a big deal and she worked really hard to get this movie to happen She had really wanted to work with her husband. She wanted to work with Leo again. She was inspired by this story. She wanted to make it happen, and she did. So it felt like, at the time, Revolutionary Road was what was going to get her her Oscar. She's also not supporting in the reader. Like, that's absurd. (laughs) But apparently, and take this with a grain of salt, Weinstein pushed her in supporting originally because they knew she wanted lead for Revolutionary Road it being this personal project for her. Mm. I don't know how much I buy that. That doesn't seem necessarily like it's likely to me, but she ends up not getting nominated. Well, she wins lead actress and supporting actress at the Globes. Mm -hmm. Lead for Revolutionary Road, supporting for the reader. Fascinating to me. (laughs) Yeah. But then, okay, my unanswerable question, if... Winslet actually would have been nominated for the reader in supporting. Would she have also earned a nomination in lead for Revolutionary Road? And would she have won two Oscars in the same year? Because I think it could have happened. 
The problem is, as we've talked about before, we talked about it most recently with Lakeith Stanfield when he magically showed up in supporting actor for Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Academy voters can decide at their discretion where a performance belongs. It doesn't matter where the studio distributor puts them. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like Academy voters can do their own thing. What ended up happening is once Kate Winslet received a certain amount of votes for the reader, her performance or Revolutionary Road was just out. So enough people wanted her to be in lead that it was enough to totally push out Revolutionary Road, which is, you know, another lead performance for her. And I wonder if she could have won for both. Because there isn't a rule against that. You know, Scarlett Johansson was nominated in lead for Marriage Story and supporting for Jojo Rabbit in the same year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ultimately it's up to the voters. So I think them prioritizing the reader says enough. But I'm curious the way you worded that, how many votes she had for revolutionary road and to see if it was really close or not and then at BAFTA the same person can be nominated multiple times in the same category so at BAFTA she was nominated twice for the reader and revolutionary road both at best actress Mm -hmm. so I think really people were just very confused (laughs) but she still won for the reader and not revolutionary road so again that took over I think it comes down to it's more of a performance revolutionary road is great from her end it is so Mm -hmm. dramatic and so fiery she's so passionate and there's a lot of screaming but it's a lot of gaslighting too its portrayal of women is very hard to watch and i think the way it ends i don't know so maybe people didn't like that as much as the reader but again they're like both very hard topics and i don't think people are choosing one over the other in that way so it's a great idea. I mean, to think of somebody winning two in the same year would be incredible, especially her. Yeah. I actually think she would have. Here's why. <laughs> so first, like Revolutionary Road, the Academy clearly didn't like it. Like they, they didn't. Because if you look at that movie's performance with awards at the Globes, she won for Actress Drama, but it got nominations in Director, Picture Drama, and Leo was nominated for Actor. And then if you look, like, even at Guilds, like, Roger Deakins was nominated for ASC. He does the cinematography, which I think, aside from Kate, is the best part of the movie. She was nominated at SAG. At the BAFTAs, it got adapted screenplay also. But then if you just look at the Oscars... It only has Michael Shannon for supporting actor, art direction, and costume design. Like three nominations, that's it. Mm -hmm. Which is a really sad haul, I think, for a movie that showed potential throughout the season. Then, if you look at The Reader, that movie somehow gets at the Oscars a Best Picture nomination, a Director nomination, an Actress win, an Adapted Screenplay nomination, and Cinematography. Those are all like... Big, big, yeah. big nominations. So my like little thesis here is that if you put her in supporting for the reader, category fraud, she's winning supporting. She beats Penelope Cruz for Vicky Cristina Barcelona because this movie is just so strong with the Academy and they wouldn't have cared about category fraud. She just would have won. If we swap out Kate Winslet for the reader for Kate Winslet for Revolutionary Road and Actress, again, if we look at those other nominations... 
I don't think Meryl's winning again for doubt. And then we have Angelina, Anne, and Melissa. None of them are winning. I think she wins both. But this is also Penelope's only win. Would you take her win away for that to give K2? Yes, because I would take her win away here and give it to her for Parallel Mothers last year. Okay. So she has lead. And honestly, maybe even in 2006 for Volver. Well, I was so going to say that. Penelope has two Best Actress wins for me. Mm-hmm. But Kate is so good in Little Children, which is that year. Yeah, I think I would give it to Penelope for Volver. That is that same year again. We talked about this pretty recently. But Kate showing up here, I would still put Penelope above Kate. It's a good performance. It is another weird movie revisiting this was not what I remembered it to be. So I think, again, like if we're just thinking of like why Kate Winslet won for the reader, one, I'm happy that she was in Best Actress and not supporting in a way because it is category fraud. Like this is a lead performance. But I think she won because she does give a good performance. Like, yes, I don't like the movie, but also the other nominees were not beating her when the reader did so well with the Academy mm-hmm. nominations wise. I mean, Doubt did well with the Academy too, with nominations. And I do like Doubt. You know, growing up, going to a Catholic school, Doubt was a movie to see. Um, but that really just did well with actors. Like Meryl, Philip Seymour Hoffman, right. Amy Adams, Viola Davis, all getting in. Um, and then, of course, the screenplay. But yeah, it's the lesson we learned from Frances McDormand winning. If you have a Best Picture nominee and an actress nominated, like that gives them a better chance, theoretically. So if you could give the reader one Oscar, would it be Kate Winslet for Best Actress? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what else I would give it. And like you said, she is really good in it. It's the one thing that like really gets me through that movie. And it kind of manipulates your emotions in a weird way. But like watching her learn to read at the end, like some of that works, but it's due to Kate doing that for us. I agree. Okay, so getting into our picks now, like I said earlier... I kind of went back and forth. It was kind of hard choosing, but we ended up both choosing the same movie. And it's probably going to surprise everybody, but it's Steve Jobs. <laughs> Her nomination for Supporting Actress. I think for me, the reason this movie in particular is mainly because of awards and giving it to her here over Alicia Vikander is just like the easiest decision I've ever made. Is that why you chose this? Or what are your other reasons for her winning here, either over or including the reader? So first, I'm going to preface it by saying that I also would give her the win for Titanic in 1997 over Helen Hunt for As Good As It Gets. I would also give her the win for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind over Hilary Swank. Hmm. Both of those like were definitely ones that I was thinking of. In addition to Sense and Sensibility, I think she's amazing in Sense and Sensibility, and I love that movie, but that movie is just so much Emma's movie to me, Mm -hmm. Emma Thompson, that it's hard, I think, to even pick anyone else from that movie and say, like, this is what they should have won their Oscar for. But when I'm thinking about it definitively, like, when does this person give a great performance, and when is the person that that ultimately took home the trophy undeserving? I landed on Steve Jobs because I do think she gives a really strong supporting performance here. The movie itself, I enjoy but have serious problems with 
I think it feels like a combination of a stage play and a PowerPoint deck. And (laughs) the direction is just all over the place for me. But I, I love her character in this. I love how she sort of pushes back on Steve Jobs, on Michael Fassbender, his titular performance here. I think one of Kate Winslet's strongest suits as an actress is her ability to withhold emotion and then show that emotion through her face. And she's so good at that here. And I feel like this would be a really strong win for her. And again, she's the best part of the movie to me. I think some of her other nominations, while I would even maybe give her the win or she would be runner up, there are other Oscars I would give those movies before her. Whereas for this movie, like this is the Oscar I would give that movie. And The Danish Girl, as a film, has many flaws. They make the movie about Alicia Vikander's response to having a partner transitioning. That, to me, is that was one of the worst decisions that movie could have made. And for her to win for that, it's just, it's one of the weaker wins, I think, in the category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Steve Jobs, she is the core to who... Steve Jobs is. She keeps him in line. She's meticulous. She's refined. She's always composed. And I think that partnered with Sorkin's script and the way he writes, it's sometimes way too much from Steve's lines. But I think with her, it mostly works to her advantage. Her Oscar clip is taken from this conversation, this fight that she's having with Steve later on in the movie. And I think that's the right time to do it, but they did it in the wrong part of the speech. (laughs) She said, there's some line, but she says pipe bomb. That's like a very Sorkin thing to do. Mm -hmm. But she gets really emotional here. She's like fighting him against him, not trying with his relationship with his daughter, Lisa. And I think what she gives here is like, is everything that you would want in an Oscar winner. And I like really early on in the beginning... She does reference Hal from 2001, saying hello Mm -hmm. all the time and creeping her out. I love that. I love that, too. Mm -hmm. That was good. When I watched that, too, I knew that you would like that. (laughs) And the accent here, another new accent for her that she pulls off. (laughs) Is when she says that she's, like, from Poland. I was like, what What is going on here? (laughs) She's from a new place every movie, a different dialect. So you might have said this in a way, but if you could give Steve Jobs one Oscar, would it have been for Kate Winslet for supporting? I think I would give it to her. I think Oscar nomination wise, it's interesting that it was just him for lead and her for supporting. And it's also interesting that in this season, she won the Golden Globe and then she won the BAFTA and that she didn't win the Oscar was kind of surprising. Yeah, but the Danish girl, they just the Academy still they love those baity movies And Steve Jobs is Beatty in some ways, certainly. But yeah, they couldn't resist that one, unfortunately. Which is why I'm surprised it didn't get editing or screenplay. We can rest peacefully, though, knowing that Eddie Redmayne didn't win for this and (laughs) the theory of everything. (laughs) Oh, that's what he won for. Okay. Is that our next episode on Eddie Redmayne? No, we're, (laughs) we're not doing an Eddie Redmayne episode. I am okay with not doing that. I will say, though, quickly, Best Supporting Actress that year, I I do really like that category. Besides Vikander, 
We have Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara for Carol. She belonged in lead, obviously. Rachel McAdams in Spotlight. Underrated mm-hmm. performance. I love Spotlight. One of my favorite Best Picture winners. So had to include her too. Mm-hmm. But I would still, I think, give it to Kate. On rewatching this movie, it spends like the first 40 minutes at this ceremony, this unveiling. Yeah. And they get to all of these jokes that like lead up to what's about to happen. Like, we're going to see the computer. And then it just cuts to years later. I don't need the timeline is really hard to keep down. And when they switch, I was like, I don't know what year we were just in. But the fact that they didn't show, they like talk about the exit signs. There are so many things happening. (laughs) This was my biggest pet peeve watching the movie. I'm like, we spend so much time getting this computer to say hello. Hello, yeah. (laughs) And we don't see it. What? Instead, we go to these weird shots of time jumping that, again, look like a PowerPoint deck. Mm -hmm. That montage of like him getting fired. I was like, wait, what is happening? I'm like, wait, what? what is... (laughs) Hold on. We spent all this time here and we don't get to see any of that happen? Yeah. Makes no sense. A little upsetting. We, We have Sarah Snook in there, too. She's like trying to coordinate everything and he's yelling at one of the Alexes to figure it out. I will say I did consider choosing little children because i think she's amazing in little children and that is sort of i think the peak of her for me at least i think some people would definitely say revolutionary road but for me that is the peak of her housewife drama performances Mm -hmm. and what she does in that movie is absolutely wild i love the first act of the movie like it is so gripping I'm just like, I find the characters just very beguiling. The voiceover, seeing her and the way that she like sort of masks her insecurities, but also really like goes after Patrick Wilson's character mm-hmm. is, I think, some of her best work. But then I think when we get into the second act, it just goes off the rails for me. And I become sort of bored with the couple I really was interested in in the beginning with Kate Winslet and Patrick Wilson. But all of the work that she's doing is phenomenal. There's a moment when she thinks she's lost her child and just really lets it out. Yeah. So she, again, does a really great job. I think the quieter moments and the bigger moments. There's just a lot of wacky things happening, too. I do agree. Mm -hmm. The end is so weird. Just so bizarre. Mm -hmm. But there's a line her friend is asking her oh what does Richard do again she goes lies (laughs) (laughs) but I love how like excited she gets when she buys she has to call to buy that swimsuit through the Mm -hmm. magazine it's like wow this is so dated (laughs) Uh and then when you see her wearing the swimsuit and Mm -hmm. Patrick Wilson just like staring at her I'm always so happy for her (laughs) she's also naked in a lot of her movies she has a lot of Mm -hmm. parallels throughout her filmography the funny connection with little children is that the sexual offenders awkward date that girl is joel's Uh sister from eternal sunshine did you notice that now i did that it all it all clicked (laughs) in i was wondering why she looked so familiar but at this point in that movie i was just so disturbed Mm -hmm. (laughs) i really couldn't investigate any further yeah i think that moment especially you're like really did this have to happen it's really sad yeah Yeah, it's just like oh too much and i will say i did watch sense and sensibility and i do love this for emma i could like hear her in the (gasps) script in that screenwriting 
And I did really like Kate here too. She won the BAFTA for this, right? Yeah. So she would always kind of like come close, Mm -hmm. really. Like she'd win a precursor or something like along the way, but didn't clinch the Oscar until much later. I wonder if like her winning on her home turf meant more for her than the Oscar since she's won more BAFTAs. She does very well at the BAFTAs. She has three, but she does even better at the Golden Globes with five. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think it's funny we picked the same movie, but she has so many unique Mm -hmm. movies throughout her career that I would definitely recommend watching. And let us know what you would pick. I know a lot of you have already let us know on Twitter. Um, Also let us know who we should cover next time. Um, We will definitely, just a little teaser, be doing an episode on Leonardo DiCaprio at some point in the year talking about his win for the Revenant but let us know other people we should cover for this these are very fun even though the movies we have to watch sometimes aren't the best that's okay it makes me want to find a YouTube clip of like just her or just the actor we're covering just so I have to watch their scenes alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm I'm really dreading watching the Revenant again it's my way of saying that like through Steve Jobs, I was just like fast forwarding on Netflix. I was like, okay, where's Kate? Where's Kate? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, next time on Oscar Wilde, we will be talking about next year's Oscar season. We will be sharing our two early Oscar predictions. We'll just be doing these in six categories, best picture, best director, and then all four acting categories. These episodes are always fun to do very early on, but we like to wait a little bit before we do them. So... Yeah, I'm curious to see what you think about these. I really haven't looked into these that much. Neither have I. So we'll see what we have. Just like early festival sighting. So yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm hopeful for a new season and wonder if they'll align at all. I'm going to have to look back and see what happened on last year's episode. We might need to pull like some audio clips of like a really good and a really (laughs) bad prediction that each of us had. (laughs) That would be very funny. I'm sure there are plenty bad ones. I mean, I had House of Gucci in like every category. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure. So, Pacino, Gaga, Jared, Adam Driver. I really think I had like four, <laughs> four actors at least nominated. Well, yeah, I'm excited for that. And if you liked our episode, if you like our show, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Oscar Wild Pod. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.